Welcome to Mint, the corner of where crypto meets the creator economy. My name is Adam Levy, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be showing you how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. Before we kick off this episode, I wanted to recognize one of the NFT sponsors that's helping make Mint a reality. They are CyberConnect, a decentralized social graph protocol allowing users to own and control their social connections while providing a universal data layer backed by powerful social features to empower developers. Already with 150,000 users and 3 million connections, CyberConnect is the largest decentralized social graph supporting Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, Near, and Solana with more coming soon. To learn more, visit cyberconnect.me and start connecting with everyone in Web3. This episode welcomes Illa the producer, the Grammy-nominated multi-platinum producer who created numerous hits alongside Eminem, Meg Thee Stallion, Future, Gunna, DJ Khaled, Lil Pump, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, and many more. He came on to chat about his latest venture, Who Who's Treehouse, which acts as a launch pad for hungry producers looking for intimate mentoring and potential placement via his deep music network. Seriously, what an incredible upbringing and his immigrant-inspired hustle is one worth learning about. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. What's good, Illa? Welcome to the podcast. How you doing, bro? Can't complain. How you doing, Adam? Good, man. I'm happy to have you on. Thank you for being a part of season five, uh, music NFTs, videos, and CCO. And you're here, obviously, because of your music background, being a fucking killer producer in, in the space, uh, but now making a name for yourself in crypto. Okay. So I always like starting with an introduction. Who the hell are you? How do you introduce yourself to someone that doesn't know who you are? Uh, and then also, how did you get into crypto? Um. I'm Illa, the producer. I'm a Grammy-nominated multi-platinum producer. I've worked with everybody from um, Meg Thee Stallion to Future to Gunna to um, G Herbo, Eminem a lot, and the list goes on and on from there. Um, I got into crypto because I did half of Eminem's Kamikaze album, and then I also did the record Kill Shot where he dissed MGK, and that record got me a pretty substantial publishing deal. Um, and an admin deal with that to where I was able to keep most of my most of my um, my ownership of my music. So I had a nice size publishing deal and I just kept hearing from people close to me like, yo, you're not letting your money work for you. You're not letting your money work for you. So it was um, Thanksgiving around Thanksgiving, a friend, a mentor of mine named Pooh Bear hit me and he told me about crypto. Cause I was like, I'm going, he's like, what are you doing? I'm about, I was like, I'm about to go buy a chain. And he goes, do, <laughs> do me a favor. Take the same amount of money you can spend on that chain and buy some crypto, buy XRP. Oh man. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Pooh Bear is so instrumental in my life. He's the one who helped me learn how to um, write and arrange songs. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to buy the crypto. So I bought XRP and the shit with the SEC came out. And... <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first lesson into crypto. That's what got me into crypto. All right. All right. <laughs> so did you end up buying the chain? <laughs> later on. Later on. Because I got Bitcoin yeah. after that and took some profits and bought the chain. How did you get your start in music? Um, that's an, another crazy story, man. Um, 
I got started in music after graduating college. I okay. moved to Miami and I was getting into a lot of trouble. I was doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing. And, you know, cause Miami's expensive. So I had ca caught two charges and I had just um, got my baby mother pregnant. So I had a daughter on the way. So I'm tripping. I'm like, bro, I can't get in no more trouble. My lawyer's like, you get in trouble one more time. You get deported. <laughs> Cause I, I wasn't a citizen. So boom. I'm in Miami and I'm trapping. So I'm over at Scott's storage house and we just smoking weed. I was everybody weed, man. I could say it on here. Yeah. Was, you know what I'm saying? So I saw everybody knows me and that's how I started. Right. So mm. um, I'm at Scott's storage house and for like a week and I'm sitting there trying to figure shit out. And I just be smoking a vibe and going to the club and kicking it with girls. And I'm just seeing him, his lawyer, I mean, his manager keep coming in like, yo, yo, the front end, you ready? And Scott's like, is the front end here? They'd be like, he'd be like, manager be like, oh, like a half hour. He's like, well, I ain't starting until it comes. So finally, I'm like, what's this front end you keep talking about? Is that a car or some shit? What you, what you talking about? He's like, I thought he was talking about the front end of a whip because he has so many cars. He's like, no, nah, front end is my money. You know what I'm saying? I don't touch these keys until I get the front end of my money. I'm like, how much you charge for a beat? He's like, 200000 I'm like, so every time your manager comes Damn. in, you talk about a front end of a hundred grand. He's like, yeah. Damn. So I've seen him make a million dollars in a week selling beats. And I'm like, and I was already doing beats a little bit. And I'm like, fuck that. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. Wait a minute. But were you already doing music around that time? Or that sparked the initial, like, like the, that are, that sparked the initial like fuse to go towards it. No, I was already doing it. I was already trapping and taking my money to okay. to go in and book studio. But time. it wasn't full time. Nah. Okay. Right. I wasn't. It was like I was making so much money doing other things that I was like, okay, the music obviously that ain't for me. So let me just, you know what I'm saying. And then I was yeah. using the studio as a way to meet artists to trap. You know what I'm saying. So that's how I met everybody, including Scott. So where does where does Eminem come in? And I'm kind of fangirling because Eminem, I grew up like a lot of us listening to Eminem. Eminem is like the number one, like mm -hmm. number one. And I, I can't even imagine being in the same room as him. Uh, it's a goal of mine to have him on the podcast one day. So we'll see if that happens. But you got to break it. I got to trap. <laughs> I got to be in the rooms that you've been in. <laughs> but what, what's it like working with him? incredible man and how i met him is another crazy story like that's why i always just stay humble and just wait for my my my, my time because the story along the way is always yeah. incredible you know what i'm saying when you skip you try to <clears throat> try to skip ahead or you know take shortcuts you, you to do that you probably got to burn somebody or do something janky that you shouldn't be doing so just play your position so with the eminem situation i had first got signed to fat joe in 2012 mm. so he believed in my music and um we worked exclusively for like a couple of years and i did all the music that he put out that's how i was able to work with future french montana the first time asap rocky little wayne several times a bunch of people so then he got he went to jail for um for tax evasion he went to jail for a year so during that time i was just grinding and trying to sell beats and at that point i was selling beats for around five thousand a beat um, I met uh, a friend of mine, Jay Andino, who, who used to do radio for Interscope, and he had an artist from New York. So, like I said, I'm not American. I came from Guyana, South America. So when I first came to, to America, I, I moved to Brooklyn. 
So anyone that's from Brooklyn that's trapping or is a street guy and he wants to get out and he's trying to do music, I always try to, you know, lend a helping hand. I've always been like that. So uh, he had an artist named Fresher, Fresher from Brooklyn. So uh, boom, all right, you know, I'll work with you. I'm getting 5,000 a beat right now though. So he's like, man, I got 500 a beat, but I bought mm -hmm. four of them. I'm like, all right, cool. That's two grand. That's, you know, it's it's something for my time at least. And um, it's helping me. It's going to be able to, it's, uh, it's enabling me to help somebody from Brooklyn. Right. So I do the four songs. One of them takes off. It's called Wait a Minute. The hook went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute. And the thing blew up in, in, in the tri-state area. So he was touring the tri-state. Then every radio personality picked up the song because it was a great club record. Mm -hmm. And um, every rapper in New York started remixing it from French to Remy Ma, 50 Cent. So 50 Cent remixed it and Royce the 5'9 heard that and Royce the 5'9 loved it and remixed it. And then Eminem heard that and was like, yo, what the fuck is that? Like, that shit is hard. What's that? And he goes, oh, this is this song, wait a minute, from this artist Fresher <laughs> from, from Brooklyn. <laughs> Eminem's like, yo, I need to get with Fresher because I need his voice. He sounded like a Buster Rhyme, a young Buster. He's like, I need this voice and this energy. I got to work with him. M loves people with certain tones and deliveries. He's really like a hip hop historian. So boom, he meets Fresher. Fresher is Eminem's, Eminem is Fresher's favorite artist in the world. So Fresher goes to the studio. Yo, M, damn, oh, man. yo, you're my favorite rapper, spitting his bars, telling his favorite songs. M's like, yeah, yeah, dope, dope. Who made the beat? <laughs> Who made the beat? <laughs> Fresh is like, oh, that's my man Illa. Like, he's like, all right, cool. I need Illa. So a $500 beat got me to Eminem. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So how, what, he called you? you? Like, what, like, where were you when you heard that? Like, what was I that got, like? I was in Florida um, okay. at my mama crib. And I remember I was there visiting and I'm, I'm making beats. And... Jay Andino, my friend who I met, who was Fresher, who was Fresher's manager, he hit me like, yo, where you at? I'm like, I'm at the crib. He's like, bro, pick up the phone right now. I'm like, picked it up. I'm like, what's up? He's like, bro, you would not believe what I'm about to tell you. You sit down. I'm like, nigga, what's going on? Like, of course I'm sitting down. I'm making beats. What's up? Eminem wants some beats from you, homie. I'm like, Eminem, what you talking about, bro? He's like, yo, like he fucking loves the wait a minute song and Yada yada yada. He was in the studio with Fresh and Fresh going off about how much he loved him. He all he wanted about talk about was the beat. So he had me reach out. He's like, get to Illa. So I'm letting you know. Send me some beats for Eminem. And he's like, I gave Paul, your um, Paul Rosenberg, Eminem's manager, your contact. So I look at my email. Sure enough, Paul hit me. I'm like, oh shit, this is real. This is real. Jeez. So, send so what was the first? The what yeah? What'd you send him? Like, how'd you know what to send first, Bruh. I just went through all my beats from that year and just was tailor picking because I'm somebody, I'm a real producer. Another shout out to Pooh Bear, man, because there's beat makers and a producer, somebody who can make a beat, he can also write the song. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. A producer takes a song from A to Z and he can mix it and master it at, at some time. So um, when I'm going through the beats, I'm just picturing him spitting certain pockets. You know what I'm saying? What would Eminem sound like right now? No, not what he sounded like back then, but what he sound like right now. So I just picked like 30 beats and he had picked um, like six of them, but he only, one of them made the album. And 
it was crazy because that album was revival, right? And it wasn't really well received. It was probably his lowest rated album, right? So, and it just at that time was the first time he picked up social media. So he mm. never was watching social media, reading social media on Twitter, YouTube, nothing. He picks it up and everyone's like, Eminem's whack. Yo, this Eminem's album's trash. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, God, dog, why I gotta be on the one album the niggas is saying is trash? Like, but by the grace of God, <laughs> by the grace of God, people fell in love with two songs and mine was one of them. Wow. So I'm a, I'm a dude, man. I appreciate people who come into my life and help me out. So I could tell that that was probably hard for him. You know what I'm saying? Without knowing. So I'm sitting there emailing him like, yo, M, like, fuck these motherfuckers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got to They they try to try to negate your legendary, like all the shit you've done. You're a fucking legend certified. Like, yeah. Jay-Z, yeah. Lil Wayne, Kanye, everyone's favorite rapper, number one or number two. So I'm just giving them, you know, giving them all this motivation. You know what I'm saying? But as I'm saying this, I'm like, yo, but at the end of the day, this is how social media work. So if you read between the lines of the hate, they telling you what they want. They be like, man, fuck this. He should be doing this. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah. so they want you to snap on some trap beats. They want you to do the new flows. And as I'm sending these emails, I'm putting beats in there, like something like this, oh. something like that. So boom, I'm sitting there. And like three months later, I think three or four months later, maybe, maybe less, I see an email from my lawyer. He's like, yo, you did some songs with Eminem. I'm like, really? He's doing another album? I'm like, okay, he's coming back from Revival. I see it and it's like five songs. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, shit. And it was an EP and I did every song except for like one. Yo. Wow. Wow. Adam almost lost my. I still could feel that feeling, bro. It felt like I was like a firework went off of me or something. I was hot. I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> so, so I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, as I'm sending him these shits, he's recording. As I'm giving him the emails and giving him, yeah, he's recording and and literally wow. like, you know what I'm saying? So then Venom comes along. Venom yeah. the movie comes along. Yeah. And they needed, um, I guess they was going to, they needed an album from him. So he was already working on this body of work. It was going to be an EP. So then he put the whole thing out, added a few more songs and put it out as the, as the Kamikaze album with the Venom single. You know what mm. I'm saying? Mm. I wouldn't doubt if you got a big old bag for that too, because the movies, Ooh. you know what I'm saying? Ooh. They pay for the whole yeah. album, promotion, <laughs> everything. So yeah, man, like that's how I ended up doing like half of that Crazy. album. Yeah. So that probably that, that changed your life from like that point on, huh? Hell yeah. Then the the kill shot story, bro. A week after the album, or two weeks after the album, or the day after the album, MGK dropped the disc record. And the shit mm. was hard. The shit was hard. I remember. I remember that. I'm like, oh shit, MGK going crazy. I'm like, but he set himself up for the legendary. Yeah. I'm like, cause M is not that nigga <laughs> to play with. Like, is, is he forgotten? I'm like, oh, he come out chasing because he know M about to chop his head off. So I hit um Tracy, my point person, with M, and I'm like, yo, you hear this shit? She's like, yeah. I told I told Marshall just ignore the shit. She said, matter of fact, if he responds, I'm gonna kill him. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, but just in case, 
just in case I sent her some beats. I'm like, and then I'm sitting there thinking later that night, I'm like, damn, I sent my boy Giggs some beats. Shout out Giggs. He's one of the biggest artists in London. And he always wants horror movie beats for me. That's what he says. Send me horror movies. That's what you make. Oh, okay. So, so I'm like, all right, boom, I got some horror movie beats that I sent to Giggs. I sent him three of them. And I'm like, let me see which one he didn't use. So he used one of them and then the other two he didn't use and one of the beats was kill shot so i sent that one at eight at night i never forget i'm like yo tracy here go one more just in case i know you said y'all you know what i'm saying but just in case here go the murder beat i two days later i hear my lawyer hits me again mind you at this time bro so much shit was happening yeah it's all over the place. I had an artist at that time, and every label wanted to sign him. So I'm like, it's oh, going shit. crazy, right? So boom, my lawyer hits me. Yo, you got another song with Eminem? I'm like, he's like, yeah, they already set the 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 invoice. You're already getting paid for it. I'm like, wow, that was quick. It was kill shot. I wow. sent that beat. He didn't even ask for the files. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess when they when they release it, they're gonna ask for the files. The, they never asked me. So that kill shot song that broke the Guinness World Record, that's my mix. Wow. And and M mastered it and flamed uh ended um MGK rap career. Not MGK do rock music and shit, but his rock music is hard, but <laughs> that was it. That, that kill shot was it. You, you, you know, there's like there's a there's a level of being persistent and feeling feeling uncomfortable and then not giving a shit and just keep on pounding and keep on driving. Where does your persistence come from? I come from a third world country, bro. I remember, like, man, literally, like, sometimes, like, I didn't have to, but I used to take, like, baths in rainwater, like, barrels of rainwater, because our family would send wow. us these barrels wow. with, all, with, with, like, all these clothes and food and rice and, um, and VCR tapes. Like, so you can watch movies and shit because, like, there's no channels in, in Guyana at that time. You know what I'm saying? So it was crazy, man. It was really crazy. But, um, wow. yeah, that's where my persistence comes from because I, wasn't, this, I wasn't, this, uh, wasn't born in this country. I first came to the country. i never forget the first day I landed. I, I was eating um, McDonald's, and it took me two days to finish because it was, to me, it was so Really? Fun. Yeah, yo. Really? Yeah, man. So, like, I didn't grow up in like a grass hut or no shit like that. But you know, I come from a third world, <laughs> come from a third world country. How old were you when you landed here? Um, eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah, eight wow! Years old, and you bro. came with your whole family? No, just me and my sister. Just you and your sister. Yeah, we went wow. to my grandma's in Brooklyn, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Crazy. You know, there's something about being an immigrant. Um, when you come to uh, America or an environment as like America, that there's a reason why I feel like immigrants stand out from the rest than someone that's typically born in America and is born to everything. Coming from, from my side, my dad is an immigrant. My mom is an immigrant. Uh, they migrated from the Middle East. My dad came here after the army. Maybe had a few thousand dollars in his pocket uh, with the vision of the American dream. Didn't know the language. Took English classes at night. Um, working multiple jobs during the day. And just trying to build a path for himself. My mom 
eagerness and drive to come over here gets migrated through Mexico, right? They meet in LA, have my brother and I. But there's something about that 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 level of persistence, that hustle, that drive that immigrants come with and that Im- immigrants possess that I haven't seen kind of like through any other natural born person or, or native born person in America, for example. Now I'm sure there's outliers and I'm sure I'm going to get shit for that. But I guess the takeaway from my comment is immigrants just do it differently. Um, And when you're put in an environment and you move to an area where there's more opportunity and there's more freedom um, and you see a lot of success stories left and right, and you feel that you could be a part of that, you know, you could be that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's like a level, there's a layer, there's a grit, there's a layer of hustle that immigrants just possess, possess and proof, like literally proof yourself, you know, having that level of persistence of being, hey, just one more, just one more, just one more. You know what comes to mind right now? There's this meme um, of it's like these two guys, okay, same guy. One of them gives up as they're digging a hole and you'll see like an, a diamond at the end of the picture. And then one below him keeps digging, you know, despite whatever, despite the the, the, the troublesome activity, finding the diamond and just like, winning right yeah and yeah. i don't know i i imagine that as you're kind of like you're you're telling me the story because being a producer and you you tell me i'm sure you got people hitting you up all the time yo check my beats yo can you pass this along yo can you do this can you do that mm-hmm. and like what what determines whether or not you would help someone like what do you look for in producers that you take under your wing or artists that you take under under your wing are there characteristics that you look for are there other things that you look for in their upbringing? Like, what is your mental model around that? Um, with artists and producers, I look for people who have new, new the new sound. Somebody that's like completely left of center, you know what I'm saying? But can bring it back to center in, in their own way, you know what I'm saying? But somebody that's not copying exactly what's winning right now. You know, there's an artist named, yeah. Jaleel, named Jaleel right now. <clears throat> and I'm so pumped to work with this dude. I said, I don't be reaching out to people. I reached out. So somehow I was talking about him in a space with, um, in, on Twitter spaces, in a dented fields room. And they had one of the ARs from Atlantic is fucks with dented fields. I think he's a, a, a member of dented fields or a holder. So we talking, he's like, yo, who's hot right now? And I say Jaleel, and then somebody else in the crowd, in the room's like, yo, you know about Jaleel, that's crazy. His manager's my people. So two minutes later, the manager's in the in the room, and I'm like, yo, like, I fuck with Jaleel. He's this dude who sounds like, he sounds like a fucking, a punk rock singer for real, but he's like a 6'2 black kid, like, swole as hell, like, looks like a damn heavyweight champion, but his voice is way up here. And he'd be like, Jaleel! <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and do it backwards. Yo, Adam, check this kid out. <laughs> he starts all his songs like that. And all his song is like punk rock trap shit. And I'm like, yo, I fucking love this shit. Like, when I get that feeling and it's like, I can feel I'm like almost water in my eyes welling up and I start doing this. Yeah. That's like the goosebumps. Yeah. I felt the same way with Little Pump. And XXX, that's how I was able to work with Little Pump. I had, I, mm. I'm mad I didn't get to work with X, but I was, it was lined up because one of my good friends was close to him. And coming to find out, he used to come and watch him and Ski Mask used to come watch me and my friend make music together. And I didn't even know wow. this. Wow. So yeah, I just look for people like that, man. People who do shit, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, 
that's how I was with Travis Scott when he I first heard his beats. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like it's so dark and different and breakdowns with these analog synths. So that type of shit is what I look for. Which also kind of like transitions into your latest project or your project in, in crypto, the Who Who's Treehouse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And giving more opportunity to up and coming artists, producers, musicians, et cetera. Um, with the ability through through your network and what you've built for yourself and kind of like share that success and share that love with others who join the community uh, through through the NFT, right? From what I understand. Yeah. Yep. So can you can you give us a quick intro? What is Who Who's Treehouse? How did that come to fruition? Um, and like, what, what is the biggest takeaway? Um, Who Who's Treehouse is my music NFT project. It's very unique because it's a profile picture project mixed with music. So once you get a hoo-hoo, right, the hoo-hoos are 3D owls. They're super colorful, super swaggy, you know what I'm saying? And um, each of them have a beat attached to it. So if you're a singer, songwriter, or a rapper, you could take that beat and record to it. We have a, a website called The Hootio that you could go and, and it's token-gated. You enter your wallet, put your wallet, or connect your wallet, and then it'll... It'll read what who's you have, and then you can download the beach. Once you get the beat in your possession, you can record a song to it. So we have a submission period. Our first one opened up on opens up on Friday, actually, that you can submit your songs, and then me and my team listen to every song. So if your song is dope, I'll put it in front of the biggest publishers, the biggest ARs, the biggest labels, the biggest artists, and the biggest execs in the game. Because they hit me all the time, Adam, for music, and I don't have enough. So Mm. You know, with this project, I wanted to to actually do a real utility because when I hear like NFTs in the space is so cluttered, there's so much noise, there's so many bad actors that are using the words that are dear to us that really mean shit to us. They're using it as a, as a buzzword from community to the roadmaps to tokens to uh, play to earn metaverse, all this shit they put in the roadmap as utilities, and they never even give you a T-shirt. Yeah. So when I hear utility, I hear I think of something that solves a problem. Well, my utility is solving the problem of all these dope artists and dope creatives around the world, from India to Iran, Afghanistan, Africa, Asia, Syrian, uh, Philippines, you name it. They could be dope and be in these areas of the world and not have um, a platform to get themselves heard. Well, with my NFT, that my utility actually solves that problem. It gives all these artists a platform. It gives them a, t- exclusive access to me and my network because I can't multiply myself a million times. But with this NFT, I can actually um, tokenize myself and tokenize my network and give it to all these amazing, talented people. So what are the risks with doing that? So when you open up yourself, when you open yourself up to that to that extent, right, and you build a community and the utility is is a promise of some sort of, if you have a dream, you have a vision, I can be your, your metaverse mentor to an extent, right? And help mm-hmm. you get to where you want to be. Um, if you sound good, if you if if it if it if it sounds good to the ear, I can present it, etc. Like, are there any risks with that? Like and any anything come to mind with that? Or if not, I mean, I'm just curious to see like how how are you thinking about the entire curation process, uh, present presentation process, selection process, and the mm-hmm. pros and cons of like doing that. The 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 risk and the con is the amount of time. Okay. But luckily for me, I've been I have over well over my ten thousand hours. I probably got like fifty thousand hours in the studio by now. <laughs> Shit. 
So my <laughs> ear is trained to know a hit within 15 to 30 seconds. I know it sounds crazy, but that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? I can know when something's a hit because it's a feeling. And every time I've got that feeling, I haven't been wrong. You know what I'm saying? Knock on wood. Like, yeah. I haven't been wrong. And, you know, that's let, that lets me know that I have an ear for curation. That's how, you know, my beats, when I give my beats to certain artists, they're like, damn, this shit sound like me. And it's because when I did the beat, I was writing as you. I know your flows. I hear you. I'm watching your Instagram. I see what songs you're posting on your Instagram. That means that's the shit you're rocking with. That means that you're going to adapt that shit on your next music. You know what I'm saying? That's how I was able to become successful in, in NFTs and crypto because I read market sentiment. You know what I'm saying? So, and the other, like the, uh, the un, another pro of it is that say you're a dope artist and in the 15 to 30 seconds I listen to you, but you're like here instead of here. You know what I'm saying? I'm like this instead of like, Ooh. so I'm going to give you, if you're almost there, I'm going to hit you directly. Be like, yo, check this out. Do this, do this, do this for your next submission because this is your strong points, this is your weak points. You know what I'm saying? And we do that. We have a space every Monday, an open mic. And if you pop into open mic, you'll see me doing that to the to the people who come up there to rap. Once, if you don't make it, I'm. It's not yo get off the stage. It's like yo, you didn't make it because of this. Work on this and then come back next week. And we've only done it three weeks, and the guys who are on the first week, they're starting to come up and and get to the finals by the third mm. week because they're they listened on the first week and I'm like, yo, mm. that motherfuckers are getting really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and there's people who weren't there on the first week that I trust and trust the heirs. And they're like, yo, this is hard, man. We pick these all these guys is killing. I'm like, yo, y'all in my in my head, I'm like, you should have heard of these motherfuckers the first week. They was not <laughs> nice like this. <laughs> Damn. So it seems like a like a training camp, like a boot camp to an extent, with mentorship attached to it, with your network and your power and your expertise attached to it. And I feel like it's like the golden opportunity for any any hungry producer, any hungry artist. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, everybody should be jumping on this, right? So mm -hmm. so, but you tweeted something which was which was super interesting, and I really appreciate it about your take and how you think about the space is. You're not you're not too worried about a crazy like two second sellout like that's not where your head's at. Mm -hmm. Your head is more at organic growth. So can you talk more about that because that that tweet really stood out to me. Um yeah, I really feel like that man because you know I jumped in the space last August with Board Apes and I was really blessed to jump in that community you know and I, I learned a lot and I'm still learning every single day. But I learned about the the real meaning of the community and I watched. Just from my, me going to business school, I watch how this this um, model that we have right now, where we we upfront and we load all these people with all this money upfront without delivering a business plan or, or having any expertise to deliver the things they put in their roadmap. I'm like, this isn't sustainable. I'm like, everyone is in here like just gambling at this point. You know what I'm saying? So when all these bad actors started rug pulling and the Pixelmons and the Squiggles and all these and the Mechaverse and all these projects that had all this hype started, you know, rug pulling or slow rugging and just not delivering on anything. It just, it was obvious to me, but you know, me having the capital that I do and me releasing a project, I had the meetings with 
the marketing guys that guarantee the sellout, 50 to 100 grand. There's a price mm. on it, just like anything else. <clears throat> Once you put a price on success, then bad actors, they're going to take the shortcut. Yeah. Like, yo, like, so wait, I don't got to even deliver shit. I just put these things, metaverse, uh, <laughs> play yeah. to earn gaming, yeah. and, and token in on a website, and I'll spend 30, 40 racks on a website, 100 racks on marketing, and I could make tens of millions of dollars? So, of course, guys are going to do that shit. Anyone who has capital and, and just wants to get to the money and realize this is just a free-for-all, you know, they, they were doing that. So I'm like, man, I'm watching this shit, and it's pissing me off because I really love this space, man. I show up every day, and I'm in rooms all the time because I love gaining this free information nonstop. And I'm a, I'm like a hound dog for free information, yeah. man. That's my yeah. thing. I, I want to get smarter faster. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm launching this project. I had the meetings with all these people. I'm like, you know what, man, fuck all that. Like, I don't want to be doing the same shit that, I, that I'm pissed off about. And it just felt to me like no hate against um, flippers because flippers bring a lot of liquidity right. in the market. And right. I'm a, I flip sometimes, so a lot of times. So I'm like, no hating on them, but they're not going to understand what this is. You know what I'm saying? The art is amazing. The beats are dope. But I want this to get in the hands of as many creatives as possible. That was my mission. So I yeah. was like, the way to do that is by just doing it organically. I was like, the just like you were saying, Adam, what's the pros and cons? I'm like, bro, I'm going to have to work my ass off doing it person by person. Like I'm doing, like I'm starting a t-shirt business. I'm going to have to do it person by person, word of mouth, the real grassroots marketing way. Because I went to a great business school, so I understand the level, the different types of marketing. And this is the hardest one. But this is the one that gets you the most concrete holders. You know what I'm saying? A real community. People who came in from word of mouth, people who heard it or heard me speak and hear my vision and are, are, and believe in what I'm trying to build. So I'd rather that any day, bro. I'd rather that any day. Why, why do you align so much with, with like crypto values and web three values? Like why, what, what is it about the space that you love so much that maybe pertains to your upbringing? You, you, you learning stuff like, like how come, cause I'm listening to you speak about this and you're echoing a lot of things that, Actually, a lot of people, I guess, who transition from one industry to another versus are born through it. Like I, I came out of college and in college, I was already doing crypto stuff. And that was my first gig. Like I didn't go into like like Web2 tech. You have a really unique situation where you've already done really well in like the traditional music scene. And now you're trying to build your, your passion, your interest and mix it with your love for technology. And I'm listening to you say these things, right? Like the, the problem that it solves through your, through your utility, building a community, doing the hard work, building a t-shirt business, like you clearly get it. Like you clearly get that there are no shortcuts to this stuff. And to build something quality, you really need to put the sweat equity into it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, what is it about the values in crypto? What is it about the ethos of Web3 that you've like so aligned with that you so that you've like completely attached to? Um, It's man, I got battle scars, man, from from the music industry. You know yeah, what I'm talk about that for a minute, because I, 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 that's what I was like hinting at for a minute, right? Because I feel like mm -hmm. you know the music industry so well, and I guess maybe seeing the opportunities in Web three and the problems that it solves. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What do you think? Yeah, you you nailed it though. I came in here. I'm a fan of the blockchain because of the transparency. 
right? And I got into crypto because I saw, okay, this is something that I understand. This is tech, this is finance, and this is like a counterculture. These guys are on the fringe of the of the of what's considered normal, but they're also very tech savvy, very brilliant. And um, I was like, okay, I, I I fuck with this. I align with these people. You know what I'm saying? I want to learn a lot more about it. So then NFTs came, and it was like, okay. It's the blockchain, but it applies the transparency applies to art and the artists and the creatives are going to get paid fairly and they're going to actually get royalties perpetually for the rest of their lives. So right. All those those <laughs> values right there struck home. It was a home run for me. I'm like, holy shit. Like, mind you, I, like I said, I signed a great publishing deal. I own most of my shit. I'm 85% owner and my publisher is 15% just to collect my money. Mm. So um, I just saw like an opportunity over here just to be able to create freely. And then it was the getting into Bored Apes and them giving me the IP. So I'm like, I have an IP of this ape. I could do whatever I want with it. They're like, yeah. I'm like, so I could sign this ape as a as me as a producer sign this ape as my artist and have somebody huge voice this ape and nobody would know and then i'm the new gorillas that's what i'm thinking i'm not saying it out loud i'm like holy shit i'm finna do that mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i signed my ape and you know if my ape is voiced by an 11 times platinum billboard top five artist and the, mm -hmm. he has music coming out so it's just those things and i'm like okay like this is also a, a, another option that I could tell every up and coming producer who gets jerked, every up and coming artist gets jerked, or the producers who got out of their deal and own all their rights now, or the the artists with catalog that have their rights now that that just got out of their deal. This is like the promised land for for all those people. So the people who are starting and the legends who have their their rights, because the people in the middle, if you're signed. You know what I'm saying? Until you get your freedom and you get your uh your rights back, this may not be, you know, as beneficial for you as everything as everyone else. Yeah. So yeah. How do you how do you think about the entire like uh, hype and excitement around collecting music right now? Um, and buying either editions or one of ones and either collecting a song for the sake of collecting or collecting a song for like owning when there's like royalties or IP attached to it like what are, what are your thoughts about that how do you make sense of what's happening right now i think it's fascinating i think that um i'm envious of of the photography nfts and of the digital mm. art nfts because they were able to come into the space and their the price of their art has always been subjective so whatever the person wants to buy it or pay for it with us we have these behemoth record labels and streaming services that have priced our music at 99 cents or $9 for unlimited music. So they took the value away from music because they have all of it and put it at $9 for unlimited, which as for us, is, and then pay the creatives pennies. So people get to enjoy this music, but the, the artists behind it, the creatives behind it, whose art you're enjoying don't get paid. So that's, that's not right. You know what I'm saying? And in this space, the beauty of it is I, we saw people. I used to see people on Instagram, and I'd be like, yo, I can't. It was crazy. Like, some of this shit is just too much. You know what I'm saying? 
the baby with the Donald Trump and sucking the fuck. All right. <laughs> he came over NFTs. I seen people, 69 million. I'm like, holy shit. Like, what the fuck? Then I yeah. seen Blau, what he's doing. I'm like, yo, this is dope. So I understood right away. Since we have we have a unique uh, a unique obstacle as music as Web three musicians to actually reprice music to make sure that people understand music is an art form it's one of the god art forms mm. like because we're all frequency this whole sh- everything the universe and everything is frequency that's created from frequency that's why your heartbeat is the same as like. I think it's 120 BPMs. That's why most beats, all all production uh, DAWs, the standard start setting is 120 BPM. Like there's something about when you start dancing, that's where like your heartbeat goes to. Yeah. So like music is the is the thread of everything. You know what I'm saying? It it also is the art form that that invokes nostalgia. You don't look at a picture and be like, oh yeah, like you know what I'm saying? Or, or right or paint. Right. But a song yeah. takes you back. And it, every big moment in your life, Adam, is time stamped by a song without you knowing it. And you hear that song and be like, damn, I remember my first kiss. Oh, that was over here. Yo, yeah. first football game we won. And so we have a unique situation here. So I, I love what everyone's doing with giving people royalties. And, you know, that's what we're doing with our project is Okay, it's a profile picture project. It's a music project. What if you don't do music? All right, well, as a holder, you get the benefit of getting in and being part of a story that matters, being part of a story that people care about. You get to see the creation of a superstar from their first beat, from the first song they wrote. That's Mm. a unique situation Mm. for a holder of a piece of art because your art gets to grow. And you get to see that art turn into something and you backed it. You were one of the first believers in it. Yeah. And you get you get paid dividends for believing in it, for being a holder. So it's a unique, very unique situation. It's almost as if you're you're building like an excuse me, an incubator slash accelerator. Um, mm-hmm. but for 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 music and for producers. And mm-hmm. I'm not too in tune with the with producer culture or the producer scene. I'm really just taking what, what you're telling me, but from what it seems like, it's like one of the first of its kind, at least. Uh, from that from that unique point of view, offering your level of mentorship, uh, offering your level of like boot camp esque environment where you give feedback and you have them iterate and you come back and get one percent better, one percent better, and one percent mm-hmm. better, and one percent better, until it gets to the point where you feel it's like presentable to all these contacts in the, in your network that that you kind of built for yourself. Um, I think it's fascinating and this, this story, uh, and this belief and this narrative around music is an art form. And for whatever reason, we've just grown to accept that it is worth 12 bucks a month, nine bucks a month. It is worth 99 cents because that's just, what's convenient for the end user to enjoy a song that you spent. God knows how many hours kind of producing how many mm-hmm. years of effort and, and skills you've built just to get that one hit in place. Right. People don't think about that. They just no. go out to the club. They go out to the party. They listen to it. All right, I fuck with it. It, it, it built a memory for me. It has that momentos, right? And we move on. But what should that experience be worth then? Like what, what do you think is the right value for that? And why are NFTs like the right medium to capture it, you think? Big picture. 
Um, I think NFTs are the medium to capture this is because it's like I was saying, it's so unique to be able to to grow with the artist from their inception, right? Mm -hmm. And to actually get get experiences like, okay, if I'm uh like if I hold this artist gold NFT, I get um a percentage of the royalties. If I get the platinum NFT, I get to meet him in real life for at all their shows. I get free entry and backstage passes to literally all their shows. Now, if this artist grows to be Ariana Grande level, they actually you have the NFT and they actually have to honor that. You know what I'm saying? And the thing I think really I have faith in in the artists that come out of Web three is because all these artists couldn't make it in the traditional world or if if they could it was it's going to take a long time because there's only so much room so it's just so unique for for this space to capture the next drake because if he comes through this space then that gives every artist after that the uh, the option you know another option okay i i could be dope and sign to a label and they could put me on jimmy fallon or i could do this like the, the new web three superstar just did that i keep seeing everywhere and he owns all his shit and i could do take to go that route because that is a, a another route for me to reach superstardom and as a holder of these nfts you really get that experience just like if you're holding a dope piece of art but people you have to show it to them on your wallet or you have to if in real life they have to come to your house to see it in 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 if you're a holder of, of, of and a collector of a web three musician and their nft and they blow up it's like this is the easiest explanation ever like so what's this nft oh you know such and such say his name yeah. is is uh is jaden you see you know jaden like this is his nft and i was i was with jaden when he first got his first beat from illa the producer yeah, yeah. you know and that's like yeah. holy shit like and this thing is now worth a hundred ETH because Jaden has blown up to be the biggest star in the world. And I have access to Jaden and everyone wants it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a lot of what I talk about, at least in season one, we're already in season five. So almost a year ago is being able to prove you were a supporter of someone and their art and their craft prior to them kind of reaching that level of fame and success that everybody now knows and loves them for. And when people ask me like, okay, why do you need to hold this thing? Why do you need to have an NFT? Why, why can't I just like say I was there? You know, it's like, it's like going to a concert, you know, and buying merch and going to support that artist by wearing the merch and having the merch. And then two years later when they're huge or if they get huge, having that piece of merch to basically prove that you were there, you collected it because that merch is now extinct. It's no longer available. Yeah. And basically collecting one of the who's NFTs kind of like symbolizes that experience from what, from what I'm understanding at least. Oh yeah, man. The yeah, Uhu's yeah. NFT, like yeah. that's just like I said, that's my my favorite utility. But I have a meeting tomorrow with this huge, like high fashion, high-end fashion brand that wants to give me their manufacturer to help me do my merch because they heard me in spaces, they fuck with mm. me, they're from the music industry, mm -hmm. and they're like, yo, I want you to have some of the dope merch. You know, I want to extend my network to you, like you're helping all these all these people from around the world. And then I have my 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 partner Dre, who's my community manager. We're having our first Hoo Hoo Thursdays at at this club in in LA because his mom owns the club. Oh, so sick! One of the things that I want to also push with Hoo Hoo's is, you know, I'm from the music industry, but I'm also 
like heavy in, in the nightlife in Miami. Mm -hmm. So I understand lifestyle and I understand how much fun that could be. So as a hoo hoo holder, I want to bring, I want to be a lifestyle brand as well as have this incubator. If you, if you don't do music, we have to also, you know, like give something back to our holders and add value to our holders that don't do music that are just along the ride for this experience. They love the art. They love the beat. They love the artists that mm. we're incubating. Yeah. And they also can't wait to go to our in real life events because our in real, in real life events, Hill is going to call motherfucking, uh, it's going to call Polo G or Ill is going to call Sway Lee or Ill is going to call YG or Ill is going to call French yeah. Montana and have our party be up there competing against, you know, board apes and, and doodles and everybody. Yeah. Because yeah. I have all the artists in my phone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I know, I understand the value of in real life. Like a lot of people put that in their roadmap, Adam, but they don't do that shit. They don't yeah. understand. That's another easy way to onboard people. If you bring normies, it's no, no derogative. I don't want to say nothing negative. Against normies. No, I mean, normies are normies. You know, there's nothing <laughs> negative about it. It's a level of experience. If you bring normies to an NFT party and the shit is lit, you onboard them. Yeah, that that easy. People are like how you onboard people, bring them to a dope NFT party, and they'll mm. be like, "Oh shit, this is what NFTs are!" Like all oh, these mm. people is mad cool. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's not what you thought it was. It's not a bunch mm -hmm. of like, like weirdos, weirdos, and nerds, shit. Like, shit. nah, like, it's culture. It's, it's culture. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We, yeah. I went to the Warp Sound party on on Melrose. One of those on Fairfax, and they had a they had the RSVP, the list, the security guard, food truck. Mad people inside. We smoking, vibing, drinking, open bar. And I, I'm out front changing my flight to Miami. And I'm hearing groups of people walk by like, yo, what influencer party is this? How are we not on the list? Like somebody is shooting TikTok with like five people and they stop. Like, yeah. What fucking yeah. party is this? Like yeah. seeing the public people try to get in. They're like, no, you're not on the list. They're like, why aren't we on this list? Like, so I'm showing my girl like, yo, you see this? This is it. It's the future. Now this shit is cool. Like there's there's takes. a difference level of cult. There's like a difference in culture um, or digital culture, whatever, whatever culture you want to call it, when incentives are aligned, when financial incentives are aligned and you're in it to win it and you're in it for the ride and you're in it for a good time, mm -hmm. things things kind of like begin to outpace themselves. Experiences start to kind of form and manifest differently because everybody has skin in the game. Like everybody is a part of the process. And it's different than just going to another party. Like when I when I went to, I'm trying to think what party it was. I think it was the Hearts Party. Um, I'm like butchering the name, but it, it's this, this lifestyle brand, like similar to your vision, but for a different audience and different culture. Uh, but they literally had a, a, a party for all their holders. I think Sway Lee performed. Uh, they rented out this LA nightclub and it was popping. Like it was packed. And you see all, like all sorts of people from different walks of life. And you kind of get to, like you get to see like who's behind the PFP, right? And you get to see who are the people behind the NFT and what culture and what environment, and what vibe, and what class of people start kind of forming from offline, from online to offline kind of thing. Yeah. And I haven't seen anything like that before. I haven't seen anything like that before. I'm really stoked for for your journey and how this kind of, how this project kind of unfolds. I'm really I'm really curious to see what this accelerator model kind of like looks like in the future and its success and what sort of like artists and producers will kind of come out of it. So we'll have to do this again, I guess, like in, in a few months from now. When When is the yeah. cohort kind of over? What, what does that look like? 
Um, like the. Or does that? Yeah, is that is that even a thing? Because it sounds as if you're doing these boot camps, right? And every single week you have more of these sessions, and mm-hmm. at some point you start presenting this music to to your network and to your people in an yeah. effort to kind of put someone on the map. And is there like a time frame where from the initial feedback loop to the presentation, like what does that look like? So after the after the submission period closes, then right. I go through the songs, right. right? And then from there, I just tailor pick, I curate and see who's really dope. And then we work, I work with them to finish the song. You know what I'm Got saying? It. I'll give them Got the it. pointers, finish the song. So I know, because I, I already know what it takes for when I submit something for it to go. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the people I'm submitting it to, they hear thousands of songs. So I can't call in these favors unless I'm coming with that heat. So, yeah, this is something that I don't even see ending anytime soon. It's just something like I'm it's I'm building something that's an incubator that's going to continue to just spread out and grow and grow and grow like a brand and a company would for the next two, five, ten years. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a long term vision and a long term plan and a business that just started, but can scale as as we scale, because. We all know that music NFTs are going to be huge. Like everyone, every influencer has been tweeting it and it goes viral because everyone understands like, okay, this is the next art form to take off. What does that look like? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm stoked for you, bro. I'm really excited to see what happens. Before I let you go, where can we find who, who's Treehouse? Where can we find you? Learn more about what you're up to. Show it away. Um, It's at... You can find Hoo-Hoo's is still minting at W-H-O-W-H-O-S dot I-O. That's Hoo-Hoo's dot I-O. It's still minting. And we're also on OpenSea. Um, and we have Hoo-Hoo Treehouse. That's our Twitter. Hoo-Hoo's Treehouse. That's our Instagram. I know it's different, mm-hmm. but so, like somebody like something happened with the other Instagram, <laughs> the Twitter. So it happens. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this much. When I met you at NFTLA at one of the one of the after events, and yeah. you kind of showed me your vision on the spot, um, showed me what you're about. I remember like looking forward to the drop date. I collected a few myself. I don't remember how many actually. I think two, one or two. I don't remember. Um, so I'm excited to see how this thing unfolds. And you're gonna say one more? Yeah, you can follow me on on Instagram at Illa Da Producer and Twitter Illa Da Sick. Producer. Sick. All right, my guy. This was fun. We'll do this again soon. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Adam, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. It was amazing. Congratulations on making it this far into the episode. You are a champ. And because of that, I want to say thank you by giving you a free participation NFT. You can claim yours today by visiting adamlevy.io forward slash NFT. Follow the steps on your screen. You'll be good to go. Also, depending on which platform you're listening on, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, favorite, etc. It really helps grow the platform and our reach online. And last but not least, I want to give some love and recognize one of our NFT sponsors who's helping make this episode a reality. They are CyberConnect, a decentralized social graph protocol allowing users to own and control their social connections while providing a universal data layer backed by powerful social features to empower developers. 
Already with 150,000 users and 3 million connections, CyberConnect is the largest decentralized social graph supporting Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, Nier, and Solana with more coming soon. To learn more, visit cyberconnect.me and start connecting with everyone in Web3.